Milton Vermont, his Chevy and Paula winning on the last lap coming out of the last corner. Four Padora. Let's hear it for number four, Eric Padora. This is Rumble Strip Vermont. I'm Erica Heilman. Today's show is about the last and the biggest race of the season at Thunder Road, the race every driver and every driving hopeful hopes to win, the Milk Bowl. Every year, one lucky driver goes down in stock car history and shares a kiss with Miss Milk Bowl, a beautifully turned out thousand pound dairy cow. Here's Tom Curley. On Milk Bowl morning, there's always a big chill in the air. It's in fall. It's 30, 35 degrees. I put on what I call calm down music, which is classical music in the morning at a racetrack in the pits. Unheard of. Guys are saying, uh, where's the country western? I said, this is Milk Bowl. It's calm down music. Get you guys' heads in the right direction. Some of them actually like it now. And I usually walk around the infield by myself that morning, and I think about the year and what the year has done and hasn't done. And the gates start to open and people start trickling in early. And I think about them and why would anybody get up? Races don't start till 1.30, it's now 9.30. And go up and sit in that cement from 9.30. And I think about all that milk bowl morning. There's always a driver's meeting around 9.30 or 10 that I have to go conduct. And there's an energy that starts. It's a big race for a lot of people. I mean, you win the Milk Bowl at Thunder Road, it's, it's a career changer. And many times I'll take all those drivers, 100 guys, I'll walk them up the hill, and I'll go where those monuments are that I put up four or five years ago with all the major races with their names etched in that granite. And they'll stand there in a circle. It's not a sermon, but it's almost like going to church. And they'll stand there, and they'll look at those monuments, and I'll say, one of you is gonna be on this next year. 50 names on there. You're gonna be 51. So, you do the best you can today. And for those of you who aren't gonna be on that stone, you've gotta think about why you didn't get there, and what you gotta to do to get there. And you gotta be respectful of each other, and you got to appreciate the legacy that that stone represents. All those guys that started this thing way back after World War II, you remember that when you're out there driving those things. And then you can go down in those pits and you can feel what's going on. There's so much tension, there's so much excitement, apprehension, positiveness, fear, all those elements are wrapped up in that psyche down there. And it really is something to behold. And it absolutely is contagious. Crowd starts to feel it. And when we roll those cars out at one o'clock, I'm telling you, it's just a magical kind of day. And then, then it gets down to business. I'm the guy responsible for being the jerk. In that racetrack, 
nobody gets thrown out by anybody except me, period. If you've got a technical inspector who finds a violation of a car, that team comes down into tech, they pull the car in, and they say, pull out your springs. They pull the springs out, and they look at them and they say, we got a problem. They call me up, Tom, you need to come down, we got an issue. I walk down, I go into the tech trailer, and I look, and I see these two springs, front springs in the car. And I look at the tech guy and I say, what's the deal? This spring, the short one, or shorter one, it has been cut, some of the coils are cut out of it, and it's been heated, which means that you're getting far more suspension with this than you are with this. It's illegal, black and white in the rule book. Bring the guy in. And this is a guy that's been racing for 10 years, and three times a year, he comes in with some piece of illegal equipment on his car. It happens all the time. So bring him in. Comes in, and I said, listen, you knucklehead, those are your springs? Yeah, I guess they might be. I said, you see the cuts in them? Yeah. I said, here's the deal. You're disqualified for the race. You're suspended for 30 days. I don't want you back on the property. You can't even buy a ticket to watch. And the next time I find you in this trailer playing games with these tech people, you're never going to race at this place again. And I'm writing every promoter in this region, and I'm going to tell them to blackball you from their race facility. We get it. You get it straight? Because we're tired of you jerking people off winning races, denying those that are legal to go in victory lane in front of their family and friends. So you get out of here and don't come back for 30 days, and when you come back, you better be right. Now get out of here. I get energized by a good crowd, and if I'm sitting there thinking, races are getting kind of boring, there's not much happening, I'll have a temper tantrum. I mean, I'll have an absolute temper tantrum I'll take somebody and I'll say, you tell him, park that car, and I'm coming down. And all of a sudden, people are off their butts and they're walking down to the fences looking, and everybody comes out of their hall, and, oh, geez, he's going to have one of his Irish temper tantrums. And I'll go in that trailer and I'll get that guy's this and that, and the whole thing changes. I mean, it just changes, almost like uh, the bomb just went off. And man, we better hide for cover, because what, what if he comes after me? And that's all necessary. I like the goosebumps. I still get goosebumps when a young kid wins his first race. I mean, I really embrace that. And if it's uh, if it's a kid like Joey Pohl, I, I love this kid. This kid started out as a 16-year-old. He and his dad, and uh, he was gifted as a racer. You could see it, but he wasn't very good. I mean, he wrecked and hadn't gone through the learning curve. And this family, Joe Pole wanted more than anything for his kid to be a race driver. And I'll never forget the day we were out in Ontario at a big racetrack. And I went to the fence during practice, and I was beside Big Joe Pole, and. His kid at 16 was running around this racetrack. And I looked on, this guy is big, looks like a wrestler. Bald head, big, burly, kind of gruff. And uh, tears are rolling down his face. I mean, streaming down his face. And I said, Joe, you okay? Tom, look at this kid. 
look at him. Jesus, look at this kid, will you? I mean, this big, burly, rough guy. God, is that magical or what? I mean, how cool is that? I spend, I have a home in Maine, and I live on the ocean. And I have a porch that sits out on my seawall. And I spend most of my time sitting on that porch with opera as loud as I can play it. I think, I think it's a void in my personal life that I've always had that gets filled with the energy of opera. I don't think of it as sad, which a lot of people think opera is always these tragic... I think of it as beautiful, and it is therapeutic for me. I cry a lot when I listen to opera, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. Do you have a similar experience when you're listening to Thunder Road? No, I have that experience at Thunder Road when we have a fabulous race event. Our biggest event is the Milk Bowl. And I like the orchestration of the event. And that's what it is. When I conduct an event, to me that is opera. I mean, it's the conducting of it, it's the flow of it, it's making sure that the harmonies all work. And I start that out, like many operas, way down here in lower register, okay? By the end of the day, I want that thing full-blown upper register when he holds that can over his head. Those are really special moments. Tom Curley is the president of the American-Canadian Tour, promoter and co-owner of Thunder Road. Featured in this show was a Central Vermont band, The Concrete Rivals. The show was produced by me and edited by Larry Massett. For more sound and stories from Thunder Road, visit rumblestripvermont.com. I'm Erica Heilman. Thanks for joining me.